Emotions are part of our lives. They make up who we are and how God wired us to live. Emotions can be our greatest strengths when under control or our worst weaknesses when left unchecked. They can limit our potential and even enslave our lives. With God's help, we can master our emotions and learn to live in emotional freedom. It's God's word that helps us to keep calm and get a grip. Well, there was a young man who went to the grocery store just buying just a handful of groceries. It wasn't going to be much, but he wanted to buy some things that he needed. And so here he goes. He's at a grocery store. And while he's in the grocery store and just sort of going from aisle to aisle, there is this senior adult woman that just keeps looking at him and following him. And he sees this and he's thinking this is so odd. But he blows it off and he just keeps on going. He is now finished with finding everything that he needs. And, he, and as he heads for the checkout line, all of a sudden, this same woman, this same senior adult woman, rushes and gets ahead of him in the checkout line. This is so weird. And the woman turns and says, I don't know whether you noticed, but I was watching you as you were shopping. And he said, yeah, I actually did notice. And she said, well, I... I am sorry, but you look just like my son who recently passed away. Oh, this guy said, oh, ma'am, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. Is there anything I could do for you? And she said, well, you know, there is something you could do. She said, I've really missed something, and you could give it to me. When I get through with the checkout and I'm going out the door, would you just say, bye, Mom? He said, I could do that. Sure. So she went through the, the checkout, and she's headed out the door, and he said, bye, Mom. And she turned and said, bye, son, and walked out the door. Oh, what a great guy. He gets to the checkout and uh, puts his stuff there, and what do you mean it's $150? I don't have $150 worth of stuff. And the cashier said, well, your mom said you were going to pay for hers too. <laughs> See, you don't know what's going to happen in life. Do you? you don't know what's going to happen, what's coming next. We're in a series entitled Get a Grip. And we're learning in this series how to build emotional freedom in our life. And we've been going through several things. We, we've talked about stress. We've talked about depression. We talked about worry and loneliness, regret, and fear. The last two Sunday mornings, Pastor Libin has taught on regret and fear, and wasn't it outstanding? This guy is an amazing communicator of God's word, and I've loved it. Pastor uh, Richie and these guys have really been a blessing, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to have a teaching team series, and I'm thankful for it. This morning, I want to sort of wrap up the series. I want to pull it together, and I want to talk to you this morning about our security, your security in Christ. And maybe you're thinking, well, what, how does, what does that have to do with emotions, negative emotions. 
security in Christ. But if you stop and think about it, the common denominator on the backside of every one of these emotions of fear and worry and stress, the backside of every one of these is the uncertainty of our security. It's what we're struggling through. How secure am I in this moment that I'm going through? And it is the reason why we struggle with stress and fear and worry. We're not quite sure the security. I want to talk to you about that. If we're going to find our security in our emotions, well, they're going to go up and down and they're going to lie to us. Or in our bank account or any other thing that is not going to be secure enough. Our security is found in God through his son, Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you about that today. Now, how many of you have ever maybe heard one of the commercials of the company called LifeLock? Anybody ever heard? Yeah, let's look at you. Yeah, this is good marketing, isn't it? Look at all these hands, LifeLock. LifeLock is a company that its purpose is to um, protect you from identity theft. That they protect cer certain information about you and they're on the watch for that and that sort of thing. Kathy and I have a LifeLock account. And I've thought over time, are, is that really, is that just money I threw away? Is that, is that really doing anything for me? And then a few months ago, I, I got an email from LifeLock that really took me by surprise. I have been on a forum, a particular forum for 20 years, 25 years, and I've gotten to know a lot of people around the country through this forum, and um, I've really enjoyed it. I've gotten the opportunity to share Christ through the forum. They all know I'm a pastor and all that kind of thing. LifeLock sent me an email and said, this particular forum that you're on got hacked, and they have stolen your email address and your password. Well, how did they know I was on that form? I mean, I, I was stunned by that. They didn't know anything. I didn't tell LifeLock about that form. Or... So what they do is they're checking these particular uh, information pieces about you, and they're checking the website, and if anything comes up, oh, they notify. I was amazed. So I know the, I'm personal friends with the guy that owns the forum, and I sent him that email from LifeLock. He said, well, we knew something happened, but we weren't sure what it was. Man, this is so much help. Thank you so much. I was pretty impressed. And then I've gotten emails from LifeLock that has said, um, we are seeing this activity. Is this you? If it's not, we're going to shut this down. Wow, seriously? I, wow. Now, I don't own stock in LifeLock, so I'm not trying to get you to get an account. But I'm saying that, wow, I have been impressed with this company. But it states up front, hey, it's not 100% guaranteed. But I'm going to tell you, God has a LifeLock account for you and I that is 100% guaranteed. And that LifeLock account, he says, can overcome any fear, any worry, any stress in our life if we're willing to believe and yield ourselves to it. And that is found in God, through his son, Jesus Christ, in which he says, I will be the rock of your life. I will be the foundation of your life. I will be your high tower. I will be your strong wall of your life. I will protect you. I love this. So, 
I want to talk to you about that very thing. And here's the idea. I want us to walk through a series of truthful statements about God and logical progression statements about God and us and the relationship between him and us in which he shows us that foundation that he has for our life. So I'm going to ask you, would you walk with me through these statements? The first statement is simply this, that God knows everything that's going to happen and will always be there to help you. The Bible says in Acts chapter 15, verse 18, known unto God are all of his works from the beginning of the world. It's not the only place that the Bible says this. There are many places in the Old Testament and New Testament in which God says essentially the same thing. From the moment that I, or even before, I created the universe, I already knew everything that would happen in this universe all the way to the end of the universe. I knew every person that would be born. I knew everything about their life and the day that they would die. I know, I know every single thing that is going to happen. You've got to ask the question, well, how in the world is that possible? It's possible because this God who created the universe is not bound by its laws. He's the one that created the laws. He has risen above the laws. It's called transcendence. The transcendence of God. It means that God, though he created the universe, is unbound by the universe. And though he created time, is unbound by time. And in essence, he can see all of time all at the same time. Everything that has happened, everything that is happening, everything that will happen, all of these things are fully known by God all at the same time. Not you and I. We are stuck in time. We only know that which we are experiencing. And we, all know, we only know part of what we're experiencing. We know our past, but we only know part of our past. We only know the information we have about our past, but not the information we don't have. And we can anticipate the future, but we only can anticipate it. And maybe it'll happen and maybe it won't. We are stuck in time, not God. Let me give you an illustration that I think can help. How many of you went to the, the a parade of the Houston Astros with a World Series win in downtown Houston? Would you raise your hand? How many of you went to that parade? Well, a bunch of you did. Good for you. If you went to this parade and you were, well, in a helicopter, your perspective would be very different than on the street. Did you know that the Houston mayor said that this parade was the largest parade in Houston's history? It had 750,000 people, three-quarter of a million people at this parade, stretching over 22 blocks of downtown, which is, it would have been great to be there, but getting home, like it took two days to finally, to finally get home. You know what I'm saying? A quarter of a million people in that space, mm, that's pretty tough. But what if when you went, you were in one of the helicopters, there were a few helicopters that were hovering. What if you were in one of the helicopters? Boy, what a great perspective. You could, if you were high enough in the helicopter, see the beginning point of the parade, the ending point of the parade, and every spot along the parade all at the same time. Wow. What a perspective. 
But if you went and you went by car and you were on the street, you could only see the part of the parade that was right in front of you. This is the difference between God and us in perspective. God, so to speak, is in this huge helicopter, not really, please don't take that to the bank, above the universe, and he sees everything all at the same time. So what is the point? The point is simply this. There is never a moment in time in which God says, oops, I didn't see that one coming. Never one time. In your life, in anyone's life, in any part, there was never a time that God ever was taken by surprise. That includes every single part about your life. Your birth, all the way to your death, he already right now is looking at the moment in which your body dies. My body dies and then beyond. This is what David, King David was saying in Psalm 139 when he said in verse 16, the days allotted to me had already been recorded in your book before any of them ever began. Do you see the point? Now, here's the idea. God has the best perspective about your life, much better than your and my perspective about our lives. He has the the perfect perspective about our lives. And this God who has this perspective has made us a promise. And that promise found in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, listen to what it says. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This God who has already seen what's going to happen. You are in the middle of something, whatever it is. And this God who has already seen the end result of it, he says to you, you don't have to be afraid. Don't worry. Don't sweat this. It's going to turn out great. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I will uphold you. I'll raise you up with my righteous right hand. Now listen to me. At the level that you truly believe this reality, it's true, it is a reality. At the point that you truly believe this reality, that will be the point of the level of your confidence and the level of your security. You see, it's true. And your confidence and your security can be powerful, can be a massive, it can be amazing if you will let it because this is reality and this is truth. God says, at the level that you will believe what is true about me and about you and about our relationship, you will have confidence and security. This is the first principle that I want you to grasp. There's a second principle, and it's simply this, that God has offered to guide you through the maze of decisions in your future. And isn't this the stress point? 
We are involved in some issue, some problem in our life, something that we are encountering in our life, and we're going through it, and, and it is bringing stress. It's bringing stress because now we have to make a decision. We have to respond to it, and we've got to react. Which way do we react? What is the right decision? Which way do we go? What do we do? If you let your anger decide your decision. If you let your fear decide your decision, if you let your stress, if you let your worry decide your decision, it will always lead you up and down. It will always lie to you. It will always lie to you. And God says, I don't want you to let your emotions lead in your next decision. I want you to let me lead in your decision. I will lead you, I promise you, I will lead you, and I will lead you in the right way. And in fact, he says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I know what I'm going to do in your life. I know how I'm going to bless you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. This is what I'm going to do in your life. Now listen to me. To the degree that we are willing to believe this reality, this truth, to that degree will come our confidence and our security. Here is the truth. The more we believe the truth about God, that he knows that he will help, that he will even guide us in the right decision to make, the more we believe this in our life, the more we can be at rest in the worst of moments. Does this mean, oh, well, okay, if God is going, he means to prosper me, he means to, get, to take care of my issue, that means that God's going to remove all my problems. He is going to remove all my struggles he never says that. And in fact, he says exactly the opposite. He says, we will always have problems. We will always have struggles. We will always have difficulties. We'll always have misunderstandings. We will always have these in our life. I don't understand. If God says, I'm going to be with you, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to help you, why didn't he wipe them out? Because God uses these to grow us, to deepen us. We can only be so strong. We can only grow so much. You look in your life and the times that you grew the most, you grew the wisest, you, you, you grew the strongest. The times that you became more mature in your life was through the hard times of life. But what did God say to you? God said, even as you go through the hard times, I'll be with you and I'll help you. And by the way, I'm going to turn this around for good in your life. Remember that promise he made you? No, no matter what you're going through, I'm going to turn this around for good in your life. You do not have to worry. You do not have to be afraid. Early in, in uh, my ministry in the church that Kathy and I uh, led was a, a woman named Una Serba. Uh, we, out of respect for her, called her Miss Serba. And uh, she was amazing. I saw in her life something I had never seen to that degree before. I saw someone who was a rock. She was amazingly strong. 
during the time that we were there, her, one, one of her grown children, her, her grown son was murdered in another city, another state, and it just wounded her to the core. She, she cried. She was brokenhearted. You can imagine. And her husband contracted cancer and died while we were there. You take those two things that happen in close proximity of each other, and you can imagine it would just, it would just rock someone's world. It would just crush their heart and their spirit, and you can imagine that. But it did not her. Now, she was sad. She was brokenhearted. I don't mean to say that she wasn't. She was, but there was a strength. There was a power. There was a confidence. I, I had never seen anything like it. Someone who went through these kinds of things and is so much at peace and so strong. I'd never seen anything like it. I asked her, I'm amazed by you. What, what is the deal? And her answer was, I know who my God is. And I know who I am and I know my relationship. He will take care of me. He will take me through all of this. I don't have to be afraid. It was amazing. I saw someone who took these truths that I'm talking to you about today, and they actually believed them to the point that they yielded themselves to them. And I saw the end result that happens. And God is saying that very thing to us. Now, the plans of God to prosper us and not to harm us, his plans are not automatic. His plans are contingent. He does not force us in any direction. Oh, well, I will move you this way and against your will. We're not robots. We're not puppets. If there is anything that you read that you see from the book of genera- gen- generations, the book of Genesis all the way to Revelations, I put the two books together. From the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, you see one abiding theme for sure, the free will. Our free will, you see it all the way through the Bible. It is part of what it means that we were created in the image of God. It is part of that. He gave us free will. And when we use that free will to yield ourselves to him, an amazing strength happens in our life. Look, what happens in life? We face a fork, right? And then another fork in the road and another fork. And in some respects, all of life is just a whole series of forks in the road. Which way do I go? And in there are some times in which life seems to be a giant maze. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. But the amazing thing about God is that he says to us, not only will I lead you generally speaking, I will lead you specifically speaking. Listen to how he puts it. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do. And he will, he will show you the right way makes us this promise. So how does he show us the right way? Well, one of the ways he does it is through his word. The primary way he does it is through his word. And here is a a statement. You've got to grab hold of this. God will never lead you to do something that he says is wrong in his word. 
He will never lead you to do something that violates the truth of his word. He never will. I've had so many people in my ministry who say, well, God led me to do such and such. But the problem is, is that over and over in the Bible, it says, don't do such and such. Well, then I know that it is not God that is leading them. Their emotions are perhaps, but it is not God. The first way is to understand what God says. This is right. This is wrong. This is the direction. And he will only lead us in the path of his word. But then I have noticed in my own life that one of the ways that God leads me also is through what is called a rhema, which is a word. I'm reading the Bible and all of a sudden, boom, this verse just grabs me. You know what I'm saying? It just leaps off the page, grabs my heart. This is my word for you, Mark Hartman, right now. You do this. And that has happened to me many times in my life in which, oh, wow. Well, I know I don't have any question what God wants me to do. But there have been other times that God has used open doors and closed doors and a deep-seated peace in my heart. This, this is the right direction to go. And can I tell you there have been times in which, you know, God, I'm, I, I love you. I, wanna, I'm op- I got an open heart. But God, would you just lead me? And I don't hear anything, and I don't know for sure, but I just, okay, I keep going down the road. Can I tell you something? Times in which then I turn around and I look back behind me, and my soul, look what God has done in my life. And I, I had no idea. Do you know what I'm saying? You look back and, wow. I mean, I didn't see this while I was walking through life. I wasn't seeing this. I look back and I... Wow, look what God has done in my life. So here's what I'm saying. He uses many different ways in our life. Well, then how do I know? Here's how you know. He said, I will lead you. I will lead you. So here is the point that I want you to grab hold of. And this is the fill in the blank, the next fill in the blank. Be open to God. This is what the verse is saying. Be open to me. Never rely on what you think just on what you think you know, but remember the Lord in everything you do. Open your heart to him. And the Bible says this, if you will open your heart to him, then let him lead you. Trust him to do so. And guess what? He will lead you even during the times in your life that you don't recognize. Okay, it's happening. He's leading me. I don't even know it. But then you'll stop and look back. Oh, wow, look what God's done. How do I know he's leading me? Because he told me he would. The third principle is this idea. The Lord has promised to warn you when you are about to go the wrong way. One of the the great desires of Satan in your life is to destroy you. The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy the impact of your life. He wants to destroy your reputation. He wants to to destroy your effectiveness for the kingdom of God. He wants to destroy you. He knows exactly the hot buttons to hit in your life, doesn't he? And all of us have them, all of us. And he knows exactly the hot buttons to hit in your life. If the hot button is anger, let me tell you, you're going to be struggling. You're going to be dealing with the issue of anger the rest of your life. If the issue, if the struggle in your life is, is a fear, you're going to be struggling with the issue of fear the rest of your life. And you say, oh, I'm so glad I went to church. You've encouraged me so much today. Okay, I get it. It's tough dealing with that. But here's the deal. What God says is though that we have those hot buttons, And though we're going to have to go through spiritual warfare, 
all of our life. You do not have to yield to this temptation. You do not have to give ground to this area. God will see you through these moments in your life and he'll make you stronger and stronger and stronger if you will yield yourself to him. In fact, here's his promise. Look, look at what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to others. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. He makes us, first of all, a promise. He said, you're going through hard times and struggles and temptations, but there are others who are experiencing the exact same ones you are. There is... a sense of help when we realize, okay, I'm going through some hard times, I'm going through some real temptations, but I'm not alone. Others are experiencing too. There is a weird thing in which we get a sense of comfort, well, I'm not the only one. Others are experiencing too. This is what he says. Second of all, he says, and by the way, as you are going through this particular, these hot buttons in your life, as you're going through them, he will not give Satan full license. He will not give Satan the, the ability to fully come after you. He will limit. Satan has a, what's called a governor on him. He, he has limitations. God will only let him go so far. He will not allow us to be tempted above that which we're able. That's the idea. He will limit. That means that no matter what we face, we can overcome it. We can. It will not, even though it feels like it, it will not be beyond what we can handle. And the third thing he says is this. You don't have to walk in fear. If you're walking with the Lord in your life, you don't have to walk with fear. God knows where every one of Satan's traps are. And he has promised to warn you in advance. And not only that, he has promised to give you an escape route. He says, I will make a way of escape. And he says, here's what I want you to do. As you're going through this temptation of your life, look for the door of escape. There will always be a door of escape. There will always be a door of escape. And if you will open up your heart to hear me, I will make sure that there is a door of escape. And when the door of escape opens, go through it. Go through the door. And it will rescue you every single time. Proverbs 2 verse 8 says it this way, God guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. And that's his promise to you. You say, well, what if I yield? What if I yield to temptation? What if I do what is wrong? The truth is every single person in this room has and does. Every one of us have said stuff that was so dumb. Every one of us have said things that we didn't want to communicate and we communicated it wrong. Every one of us have done things that we shouldn't have done. All of us have done it. When those days come, when those times come, this is the moment that the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Will there ever be a day that God will just give up on me? God will just throw me away. 
The answer is no. And listen to what he says in Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Circle the word everlasting. I have loved you with an everlasting love. The word everlasting means everlasting. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you to myself. There's a fourth principle. Here it is. Ready? God has promised to give you the strength to face anything that is coming in the size of our church. We've got two campuses. We've got four services on this campus. We've got three services on the other campus. And you put all these people together, it just makes sense. In the size of our church, there are going to be some people that are here today that won't be here a year from now that they're in heaven. What, is this a sermon on depression? What is this? But it's, it, there are some people that are going to contract cancer who are going to lose their job. They're, it's just, it's, you've got all these people, of course. Some, their children go in the wrong direction. It is, it's just life. But when these moments come of great difficulty and stress, when these moments come, don't hide under a rock. Don't get in some hole and cover yourself over. You don't have to do that. Trust in God to walk you through this moment in your life, through these days in your life. And he will. He will give you the strength you need to go through these moments in your life. Listen to what he says in Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 2 and 3. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. In these two verses, I'm going to ask you to circle all the whens, W-H-E-N, all the whens in the verses. Look at what he says. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I'll be with you. Not if, when. When you do. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up, for I am the Lord your God. Did you know that there are 365 fear nots in the Bible? I have not counted them all myself. I'm going on what others have counted, and if you count them up and there's only 364, it's not my fault, I'm just quoting somebody else. But here's the point, 365 fear nots, one for every day of the year. And God is saying to you and me, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. I'm with you. I'll help you. I'm your security. Not your emotions, not how you feel, not your bank account. I, I am your security. You don't have to be afraid. I will give you the strength to face this moment. In fact, listen to what he says in Philippians 4.13. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything. Circle the word anything. I'm, I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength. Dr. Oscar Thompson was uh, one of my professors in my master's degree at, in seminary. And Dr. Thompson contracted cancer 
and was within hours, maybe minutes of dying. He was on his deathbed in the hospital. They called for the family members. Everybody gathered around him and sort of holding his hand as he walked through these last hours of his life. And then something happened. This is what he said to us. I don't even know how to say it, but something happened. You see, I had him as a professor in two classes over two years after this. He's within minutes, within hours of dying of cancer. And he said, I don't know how to say it except something happened. It stopped and it started rolling back. This is so weird. In a few days, he said, I left the hospital. In a few weeks, I was back teaching. He said that the doctors said to him, we've never seen anything like this. We don't even know how this is even possible. But it happened. So I had him in two classes after this time, and here's what he said to us. And I wrote it down. He made all of us write it down. I wrote this down, and, and it's, it's, I've kept it all my life. Here's what he said. Men, don't fear death. I've been there and back. I've discovered that God gives grace. He gives the strength to face anything. But don't expect to get dying grace on dying day. This is his statement. When that day comes, meaning dying day, He'll give you the grace to handle it in style. I got to see that in both of my father and my mother. An amazing thing, my sisters and I still talk about it, the remarkable things that happened to them as they were nearing death. And it was the grace of God. It was grace. And we got to see them die in style. What does that mean? I don't know. I guess it just means strength. Dr. Thompson is in heaven now and uh, heard that he died, and I heard that he died in style. And here's the point I'm trying to make to you. Even on dying day, God will give you the grace and strength you need. Don't worry about it. That's just what Dr. Thompson taught me. He will give you the grace to face that day. So, so, if he's going to give you grace on dying day, doesn't it make sense that he will give you the grace to face any day? He'll give you the grace to face any day. What day are you facing? He'll give you the grace. He'll give you the grace to face this day. He will give you the strength. Open your heart to him. Here's the last principle. The principle is simply this. God has promised to reward you when you are faithful to him. And notice what he says in Hebrews 6 verse 10. God is not unfair. He will not forget all that you've done, nor the loving labor which you have shown for his sake. I won't forget what you've done for me, he says. I will not forget what you have done in my name. Every time we help the poor, 
every time we help those who are poor. Every time we stand for those who are oppressed. Every time we stand for those who are suffering injustice. And we stand with them and we stand for them. Every time we are gracious to those who don't deserve graciousness. Every time we forgive those who don't deserve to be forgiven. Every time we do an act of love and kindness toward God and others, God sees. God sees and God rewards. You take these principles, you take these truths, these statements, and bring them together. These statements all form the solidity of your security. And if you think about it, the common denominator of every one of the negative side of the emotions that we've talked about, stress and worry and fear and all of them, is the uncertainty of our security. Let him be your security. Not your emotions, not your bank account. Let him be your security. And he will place you on solid rock. In a high tower. In a mighty fortress. Would you open your heart? There's some of you need to open your heart today to receive Christ as Savior. Some need to open your heart today to join this church. But all of us to open our heart today to say, God, I will trust you on a different level than I've ever trusted you before. Open your heart. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the truth of your word. And I pray, Father, you would take these truths and that you would build them in our hearts, in my heart, in our hearts. Help us to keep growing in these areas for you to be the foundation and the solid rock. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.